Good evening, friends and family, and welcome to a safe space radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Neil Asshole. And I am Harry Fingerling. <laughs> I Neil Asshole. I don't know where that one came from. We are live, if you're listening, on March 27th, and it is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, then you're listening live, and we thank you for it. Yes, yes. During uh, Soundcheck, I was mentioning to Calvin that I'm two-thirds into this movie called Slumber Party Massacre, and I'm absolutely loving it. And what caught my attention about this is how many women were involved in the making of it. We have uh, a director and producer, Amy Holden Jones. It was written by Rita Mae Brown, who is a, a fairly prominent feminist uh, lesbian known she she came onto the scene for a novel that she wrote a, I think it's autobiog- autobiographical uh, called Ruby Fruit Jungle and it's about uh, her experiences uh, coming out as a lesbian and, and the era that she did which was a very difficult era so uh, so this movie was written originally, Brown originally wrote it as a parody, but then they decided to shoot it as a straight-up horror film. So I was saying, unlike Scream, where you know you're watching a comedy film, if you don't really know this background story, it it plays as a straight-up slasher film. And and not a bad one either. <laughs> uh, but but what another thing that's interesting is how much goddamn nudity there is. <laughs> Rita Mae Brown is like in the first ten minutes writes a, a, a basketball a female basketball team in the showers. <laughs> <laughs> she was probably like, you know, I think I need to be on set for this sh- for this scene just to make sure you get my vision correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, vision. Mm. <laughs> and it had two sequels and the uh the the, <laughs> the killer's weapon of choice is a is a big drill <laughs> it's an elect uh, like battery powered drill it'd be funnier if it, if it was electric and plugged in <laughs> had to be plugged in <laughs> just have just have have like a long uh like several long industrial uh, size extension cords trailing behind it <laughs> as, <laughs> as a killer chasing people around. <laughs> Even the editor is a woman. You know, with so few women in the movie business, and then also horror being such a male-dominated genre, it, it was, it, and this is 1982 when this came out. Right. And and against it, it had a budget of like $220,000, which obviously is very, very little. Uh, And it made $3.5 million. So it did, you know, all three of them did okay. Well, that's that's doing quite well, actually. Yeah, for for, for a small budget film like that, that's, that's that's pretty impressive. Yes. So far, fun movie. I like it. I recommend it. Awesome. Uh, so, here's something else. Did you hear about the uh, the Southwest Pilots hot mic? No. Oh, boy. 
Office. He's flying over the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and uh, he really does not like the Bay Area and the liberal fucks. Hold on. to some kind of diesel mix that uh, that causes just black smoke to come out of your car. Mm. You don't have balls unless you're rolling coal. liberals <laughs> driving their Hyundais going slow as fuck <laughs> <laughs> I only drive diesel so, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got no balls unless you're rolling, rolling coal <laughs> he's in so much trouble oh man I believe it <laughs> So was that so was that something like everybody on the plane overheard? No, no, that would make it even better. <laughs> I'm just I'm not Oh no, go ahead. I'm I I'm not exactly sure how what 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 switch he fucked up on pushing or not pushing or mm. how that got out there into the public. <laughs> Most likely, if uh, if the air the air traffic controllers were able to overhear it, the public was able to hear it too. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's hilarious. So it is. It is. I don't know why any, why people didn't say anything to him sooner. Like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> maybe stop now. I can hear you. And air traffic controllers probably like. You know what? Let's let's let him dig his dig his grave a little bit further. <laughs> for and you're not for what for uh, when you're landing or when you're when you're taking off or below ten thousand feet. You're not supposed to have any discussion outside of your job in the cockpit at all, on the mic, off the mic. Mm. 
So so that's well, so that's one of one of I guess many reasons why he's in trouble right now. <laughs> he's in trouble. <laughs> wow. So uh we're also talking too many fucking people out, especially in my neighborhood. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice out. Go outside in your own fucking neighborhood. <laughs> And uh, even though even though I ended up going out like later in later in the day, like to, like towards sunset, I got out of the house after work and uh, uh, did a walk around the neighborhood and just absolutely beautiful. Yes, yes. And your neighborhood. Yes, my walked neighborhood. Around your neighborhood. Yes, not mine. <laughs> I'm such a cranky old man. <laughs> it's uh we've got a, a lot of fun stuff and and a lot of music and i want to get to uh the new york howl uh first song is you can't get it right right now and i'm going to read a little something from the delhi magazine uh maybe about a year after this album came out there was an interview with the band uh this album is all three of the songs that I'm going to play from this album, if we get to that, are from People Will Come to See Us Ride, 2006. And here is a little excerpt from the Delhi Magazine's uh, interview. The band had its roots in the downtown performance art scene, begun generations ago, and which still thrives today at venues like the Bowery Poetry Club and Surf Reality Open Mics. That's mine. <laughs> Under the watchful, queer eye of art star torchbearers like Faceboy and Reverend Jen. As Detroit, Bra- as Detroit bred Katz, that's Andrew Katz explains, he was initially drawn to the scene by something more than just the unbridled artistic aesthetic. Quote, I first came to a surf reality open mic because someone told me I would see at least two naked women. <laughs> I saw four. I also saw a woman stab her vagina and coffee beans came out. So when they said anything goes, they really meant it. And Br'er Brian was always one of my favorite performers there. So Br'er Brian and uh, Andrew Katz, two of the main guys of the band, met at my open mic. And I'm really, those things make me happy. This first song is called You Can't Get It Right. If You Can't Get It Right, Right Now. And this is Andrew Katz, Br'er Brian, Adam Amron and Stefan Zunik. I hope I said his name right. And uh, please enjoy. If we can get it right, right now, can we ever get it? How can we ever get it? If we can't get it right, right now. If we can get it right, right now, can we ever get it? How can we ever get it if we can't get it right, right now? Well, if we can't get it right, right now, can we ever get it? How can we ever get it if we can't get it right, right now? Well, I mean, I find just I can find my mind. Someone picked him up and he got left behind I'd have it found if I was suit and bound Can we not get it right, right now? But if we can't get it right, right now Can we ever get it? How can we ever get it? But if we can't get it right, right now Well, I just last night the 
that we were on our ride. There was not a reason to scream and fight. I woke up then, it was the same again. Can we not get it right, right now? Well, if we can't get it right, right now, what can we ever forget it? How can we ever forget it? Lord, if we can't get it right, right now. The New York Howl. God, I wish they were still together. Their live shows were fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, they disbanded? They, they, a while ago, yes. Uh, a while ago. Okay. But uh, Stefan is still doing great stuff with his band Gato Loco. Um, Br'er Brian, I know, is still making, continues to... To, to make music, new music all the time. Great, great musician, songwriter. Uh, I have not heard from Andrew Katz in some time. And, uh, but they're all, and Adam, they're all fine, excellent musicians. And they make great, they were just so great together, though. Uh, well, you never know. Bands get back together. You had a musical choice for this week, and I want to get to that so I don't forget it. Okay. Um, so, uh, this is actually a song that I played on my show a few weeks back, um, by a, a singer-songwriter, local singer-songwriter named Stephanie June, uh, it's a song about, like, basically kind of, not so much defending New York, but, uh, defending her choice in staying in New York during the pandemic while seemingly everybody else decided to flee, like, her love for New York just uh, really shows in this song, and it it was pretty inspiring. And uh, we could definitely use uh, a little inspiration, a little uh, uplifting these days, especially seeing as how things are starting to look like they're turn, uh, turning around. We'll see how long it stays that way. But <laughs> but uh, uh, the name of this song is "They Say New York Is Dead." Enjoy. They say New York is dead Still I can't bring myself to leave it I've been trying to stop the bleeding alone Bleeding alone I wish we'd never met Cause your love turned me anemic And now you can't bear to stay for the show Stay for the show, and why am I not surprised? 
go ahead, Miami needs you. You say it's no goodbye. I say it was nice to meet you. My city waits for no one. Don't call me from the ocean. I'll be naked in the snow. This is over now, you know. Oh, my city sleeps alone, cause it's busy breaking open. All the love we ever made. Now I wanna know when does it go? You found the non-believer. Does she hold you like it's easy to do? Easy to do. Just take your coffee black when you're missing Fort and Perry. You know I have to laugh when you say it's temporary. My city waits for no one. Don't call me from the ocean. I'll be naked in the snow. This is over now. You know my city sleeps alone. That was lovely. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It was a fantastic song. Yes. Yes, agreed. I, I very much enjoyed that. Every now and then, I like to peek in and see what's happening over at uh, the Villages in Florida. That's a retirement community, which actually I'm old enough to be in, <laughs> 55 and up, <laughs> that is uh, known sometimes for the wrong reasons. Let me read you an article from a couple of years ago, and then I'll tell you what I what I found uh, when I was looking up what kind of entertainment was going on in the villages right now. Uh, so this is from their own news, Villages News. And this was uh, August 24th, 2019, so almost two years ago. A little more than five years ago, a randy couple put the villages in a spotlight the community didn't want to be in. Villager Margaret Peggy Clem, Peggy in quotes, maybe she's into pegging, I don't know. Okay. Margaret Peggy Clem and a Summerfield man, nearly 20 years her junior, David Allen Bobalia, made national and international headlines when they were caught by a Sumter County Sheriff's deputy while having sex at the pavilion at Lake Sumter Landing Market Square. The mega retirement community had reeled for years about being an STD mecca after a village's gynecologist in 2006 was quoted as saying she treated more cases of herpes and human papilla in Florida's friendliest hometown than she did when she practiced in Miami. Wow. <laughs> she later somewhat recanted the statement, but the rumor was alive and spreading like wildfire, much to this to the dismay of the vast majority of retirees who had elected to call the village's home and the brass that ran the community. 
Fast forward to June 2014, and The Villages was back in the news in a tawdry way. This time, a 68-year-old female resident was having sex with a 49-year-old man in a public place. Heavy hitters such as President George Bush, Mitt Romney, Governor Rick Scott, and Sarah Palin had spoken there. Politicians do, like, absolutely go to the villages because old people vote. That's what they do. And Florida is a swing state, and the villages is a big, big retirement community. Uh, okay, that could, and they could be seen by any number of people walking or driving by Margaret Square. Once again, the villages was the butt of a great many jokes, and residents of the community were far from amused. The sheriff's deputy report, report indicated that Clem's pants had been removed and her shirt was pulled down. The report also said that Baba Lidia's jeans and underwear were down around his ankles when the deputy arrived. He ordered the couple to get dressed. During the investigation, it was revealed that Clem of the village of Pennacamp had recently been arrested at Sumter County for driving a golf cart while under the influence. (laughs) She told the deputy the charge had been reduced and she was told to report to probation soon. Both Clem and Bubba were transported to the Sumter County Jail facing indecent exposure and disorderly conduct charges. And the story that would dominate headlines for months to come was just starting to unfold. In the days that followed the infamous sexual escapade, Clem's attorney, Joseph Indelicato, said he was anticipating a favorable outcome for his client, even though she had turned herself in to the Sumter County Detention Center after a warrant had been issued for her arrest on a probation violation. She had entered a plea of not guilty in the incident that would soon become known as the Sex on the Square case and requested a trial by a jury. Five days after the Market Square sexual rendezvous, a village's business decided it was time to capitalize on the story. Red Sauce, located mere feet from where the sexual counter took place, introduced a new drink called Sex on the Square, which was a concoction (laughs) of light and dark rum, pineapple, orange juice, whipping cream, and to complete the impact, a cherry on pop. It's made its debut for $3.75. Damn, that's cheap. Right. And it was a big seller. But far from a hit with the village's brass, who feared home <laughs> sales of the, in the community would take a hit and wanted nothing more to do and wished the story would just go away. On July 3rd, Bobalia was sentenced by Sumter County Judge Thomas D. Skidmark, Skidmore, sorry, I just had to do that. <laughs> Skidmore, to six months behind bars for his role in the illicit tryst. Dang. Babalila was also sentenced to 12 months probation, fined $253, and ordered to pay $50 for each day of, in, of his incarceration. Five days later, prosecutors made it known that they wanted Clem to serve one year in jail. Hmm. Okay, let me just go down a little bit. They, of course, didn't like the uh, sentencing, thought it was unfair. Jail time was served concurrently. Okay, hold on. Hardest part is trying to forgive myself. The following month, Villages News announced that the Sex on the Square... Uh, was the top story of 2014. It was followed by the death of Villages developer Gary Morris and the story of the village, Villages couple who also made who all, also was sentenced to six months behind bars after they were caught having sex 
on a utility box behind the wall of the Morse <laughs> Boulevard Circle on June <laughs> Highway 27, 441. That's it. My goodness. So what what kind of entertainment can you enjoy at the villages? Well, there is uh, at Spanish Springs Town Square, Johnny Wild and the Delights. <laughs> Gets better. At the Brownwood Paddock Square, the Justin Heat Band. <laughs> oh my goodness these are a bunch of older guys pretty good looking guys and they play like uh covers 70s and 80s but i tell you when when that justin heat gets on stage i get a little moist <laughs> i tell you there's some good looking boys <laughs> i get a little moist when, when the justin heat band we gotta go walter we got, oh, don't get jealous walter <laughs> At the Lakeder Sumter Market Square, you can see the Anita Drink Band. Oh, goodness. Also on the square is the Amanda Peon Trio. I made that one up. I was going to say, man. (laughs) Well, all jokes aside, though, that seems like a place that I wouldn't mind retiring to if uh if people are getting down like that, geez. Like if nothing right? else if nothing else, that should like that should make it more uh appealing for people to uh retire to. <laughs> I know there people are fucking at the villages. A lot. A lot. In public. A lot. <laughs> and those and we just talked about the people that got caught. Imagine how many people that, how many couples that didn't. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, and that uh, took a little bit of my voice away. So let's play another one from uh, New York Howl. Let's go with thank you. I was going to do it with bury me not, but uh, thank you is it's kind of what I feel to the people who have been helping me during this year. So this is out to you. Calvin, Nancy, Stephen, Lucas, Mom, Ev- Nick, Lily, thank you, and, and, and everybody else, you know who you are. Showed me the way 
I'm so amazed I just open my face and say thank you thank you thank you thank you From the start that my heart would be yours forever And never was ever a heart given up so freely I saved up the love that we made And I prayed to the heavens That you'd be the one who had come to sanctify me And showed me the way I'm so amazed I just open my face And say thank you Thank you Thank you Thank you Oh, thank you Thank you We are back, and I have Lucas on the line. Hey. Okay, so um, so live from the psych ward part two because I signed the seventy two at the last psych ward and it was not time to go yet. Or mostly because I had a friend, I trusted a friend, and he um took my meds, and here we are. Mm. I really need my meds. But um, <laughs> so live from the psych ward part two, the the nurse just had us all calm down, and he goes. Hey, I had you all just acting like you're from the village. Why are you acting like you're all from the Bronx again? And I said, well, me and him, our families are actually from Dorchester, but we both we both hung out and were like raised out of Providence. So he goes, oh, that is why you're acting like you're from the Bronx. Providence is worse than the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> we did get we did get into gay clubs starting at the age of 14. So holler out to Providence. I love that place. Love you guys. Um, I do love you guys. I I'm gonna call Francis after this, and if Calvin wants to stay on speaker's phone for that, I love you too, Calvin. Bye, guys. 
and, and I love my viewers. I will see you when I'm no longer medically. I'm I'm here at my own on my own will. Well, okay, I'm gonna say one more thing. My my psychiatrist actually got in a cab with me <laughs> because I needed to come so bad. All right, bye guys. Bye, love you. Bye. Bye. Love you so much. <laughs> That was nice. Yeah, that was nice. It sounds so much better. You know, last time when she called, when he called from the psych ward, we were like, you know, how are you doing? Are they treating you well? And he said, no, they're not, and I'm not doing well. And so he's at a better facility, and you can tell spirits are up. And oh yeah, definitely. Glad to hear it. So glad to hear. Yes, yes, yes. You're listening to a safe space radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. And Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit. We depend on listeners like you to continue doing what we do. And we think what we do is pretty damn good. You can help out by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash donate. That is RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash donate. We would appreciate any and all support that you can give us. Next week, we are going to have, as our guest, Richard Pryor Jr. Yes. So excited. <laughs> man, oh man, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, reading the book. Um I recently heard, like, I recently heard a, heard, heard a story from um, another Radio Free Brooklyn show. Um, oh God, Fallen Woman. There we go. With uh, Velocity Child, he he had uh, talked about his upbringing, his the various things he's seen in his life, and my goodness, what what a he's been through some stuff, man. But he's still here, and it. it it's so awesome to uh, see him come through, uh, come through after all that he's uh, been through. It's and I'm looking forward, looking forward to uh, uh, talking with him. The book is entitled "In a Prior Life." It uh, came out within this year. It's, it, it hasn't been out all that long, and I got it as a as a Christmas present this year from nice. Nancy and Steven or from, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, I, I, I devoured it. I, it's, it's a quick read. Uh, maybe, yeah, it, it's, it, it's very engaging. It's a, it's a page turner. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. It's a real mm-hmm. page turner. Um, and like him, it's very honest. It's very interesting. And it's got, uh, uh got a lot, lots of ups and downs. The man was born with a father who would soon in his lifetime become incredibly famous. Richard Pryor, I believe, is the greatest stand-up comedian of all time. Comedy Central, I believe, agrees with me. They placed him as number one on their list. Um, yet he has had very poor luck. He got coronavirus three times. Three times? Yes. Oh, my God. The fuck? Oh, my God. That's, that's his luck this year. Oh, man. Oh. 
Jeez. Uh, he, he's. I'm. I'm guessing he's doing better. I'm hoping he's doing better. And you know the thing is, he has such, he has a, such a wonderful outlook on life, though. He embraces anything that's good. He gets through the bad stuff. Uh, he's close with his sisters, so that that definitely helps. Fantastic singer. Got some pipes. It's a great singer. I've heard him sing. He's fantastic. Yes. I don't know if he's going to be up for singing. Um, uh, if he's going to be up for singing next week, given the year he's had. But if his if his uh, voice is clear and he wants to, more than happy. More than happy. Cool. Either way, looking forward to it. And if you want to ask him questions about his dad, that's cool too, Calvin. Okay. He's, he's fine with that. All right, awesome. I, I, I probably, I'm feeling like uh, most of my questions will be, you know, most if not all will be directed uh, to him and, and his life. So, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Exposure to his dad in your lifetime. Um, I mean, I, I basically feel like Richard Pryor is, is just kind of like a state, like kind of a, a, a staple for me, like unwritten, like unwritten. He's probably like one of the first comedians that I had, uh, that I remember. I, I've. I know about his personal like personal struggles and like seeing all the things that he's gone through with um addiction and sickness and everything but through all that through all that like he just made just some of the like most side-splitting comedy that this world has uh, ever come across and I think one of the thing okay one 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 skit that I remember, I believe it was Saturday Night Live. It was, um, it was, uh, it was the skit about a job interview that he was <laughs> he was in with and, Chevy Chase, with Chevy as Chase as the interviewer. Yes, and they got into word association, and it got heated quickly. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> I remember uh, when it, when when they're kind of setting it up. Chevy Chase is saying, "So if I would say dog, you would say tree." <laughs> 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 but, I want to make sure. Go ahead. Oh no! I, oh, I, I was just gonna was gonna touch upon that skit, but uh, like it was like that was. I think that's one of the things that like stands out for me in in terms of like things that I've never laughed so hard at <laughs> in terms of comedy. It's just. I mean, just his del- like his delivery with um, most uh, most if not all of his jokes is like pitch perfect, and his his comedy specials, even his TV show, um, 
though short-lived it was as it was it's still really incredible stuff i loved it great stuff great stuff i think it's only like 16 episodes yeah but man but it's great it's really good stuff the richard Pryor show available on dvd i believe probably on streaming as well Uh, another thing i'm gonna have to put on my list (laughs) yes and i forget there there were some people that he put in his cast that went on to do some that that went on he, he basically discovered them and put them in his show and they went on to do some pretty awesome things uh, uh john witherspoon was one of them okay uh, john, uh, john witherspoon act uh, an actor um uh like some of uh he's probably best known for um being um, uh, playing Craig's dad on uh, in the uh, the uh, Friday movies with uh, Ice Cube. Uh, he was also Pops from the Wayans Brothers, which were, and my God, John Witherspoon on the Wayans Brothers, some of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Pops with uh, Pops was a, an absolute madman, and he was hilarious every single episode. Oh, he was oh John Witherspoon for like people in the last. Uh, 10 15 years will probably remember him as a uh, granddad from the uh, the boondocks tv sh- uh, um, cartoon series uh, makes they... me a little moist <laughs> <laughs> and john witherspoon makes me moist <laughs> a uh, granddad a hot granddad <laughs> 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 But yeah, he, like, Richard Pryor, uh, Richard Pryor, um, put on a lot of people in, uh, that, uh, end up becoming famous that John Witherspoon just a standout for me. Like, you'll, you'll get to this in the book, but, uh, his, his, his dad had said to him, if I knew I would have, was going to become this famous, I, I never would have named you after me because he understood that as much as it could open doors it, it's such a name to live up to mm. oh absolutely I'm John Lennon Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but don't expect anything <laughs> Yeah, I would like us to get to. Please go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I. If I ever have children, I'll probably not name name them after me. I mean, it's bad enough that there's two Calvin Williams in the world, me and my dad. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to push, I don't want to push that upon any any uh, any possible future offspring. I think two is enough. <laughs> Two is enough. So I want to get at least one of uh, Lucas's musical picks out there. Makes me feel like he's more part of the show. And it was great. He was a bit. He called in, and we got to hear him, and in in good spirits. Yeah. And that's 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 great. Uh, one of the things he wanted us to play was Delilah by the Dresden Dolls, and thought that you might have an intro to that. I don't know why, but um, I I actually don't. I. I'm not familiar with the Dresden Dolls at all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> 
then let's listen. Let's, let's get, get familiar, because I'm not either. All right, let's do it. There's no end to the love you can give when you change your point of view to underfoot. Very good. You may be flat but raving
I liked that. Good pick, Lucas. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was getting into that one. Yeah, yes. I'm going to have to check out Dresden Dolls. Same. Excelsior is a new app. I think it's an app that uh, brings up a QR code scannable that will tell venues or anyone else that you might want to use this with whether you've been vaccinated for coronavirus or recently t- tested negative. I don't think I'm going to have anything to do with this thing. That's see that that seems suspicious. It was developed New York State in association with uh someone, I forget who. Some medical company. I know we're going to have some period this year, where there's going to be the vaxxed and the not vaxxed. And there's going to be, no, man, you can't come to the show, you're not vaxxed. you got to show your QR code. 
<laughs> yeah, that that feels that feels kind. Of, that, no, that feels very discriminatory. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't sugarcoat that one. That feels that feels incredibly discriminatory, invasive, intrusive, a lot of things. Yikes! <laughs> oh. First, you're hearing about it. Yeah, for yeah, I haven't heard about this. Uh, apparently, um, it uh, it was developed. Uh, uh, it was developed in partnership with IBM. Oh, IBM, so, not a yeah. not not a medical company at all. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Like a> tech <laughs> company. <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, which I trust that. <laughs> that 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 makes me that makes me want to use it even less. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, first it was a no, and now it's a hell no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and every venue you go to now knows your name, your birth date. I mean, yeah, you show your your ID to a, to a door guy, but that's different, in my opinion, than it being data that is storable. Right. Exactly. And what what are they going to do with that data? Especially like once once things blow over, then. What's going to happen to our data? Where where is it going to be stored? Who's going to be who's going to be overseeing all that data? Francis Hall, we can see, went to uh, Shea Stadium. Shea Stadium doesn't exist anymore, does it? No, it's it's City Field now. <laughs> Francis Hall, we see, went to City Field. He spent three hundred and forty-five dollars. We know this because we cross-checked it with his credit card. Calvin Williams, we see that you have spent an absorbent amount of money on Amazon. <laughs> Which, to be honest, I have. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to admit that. Except I'm not. <laughs> Francis Hall visited the villages. <laughs> <laughs> And spent a, significant, spent a significant amount of time in the pavilion. <laughs> he attended a Justin Heat concert. <laughs> like that. And that spent... Fifty dollars on the Sex and the Square drinks at three seventy-five each. That's quite a bit. <laughs> uh, um, it's gonna take me a while to get over that story. <laughs> I know. I know. I like the descriptive phrase in that Delhi article, the watchful queer eye of face boy. I like that. <laughs> I like that. And it reminds me, oh, I just saw the last episode of the fifth season of Queer Eye. I loved it. I loved all five seasons. It was really great. It was it was inspiring. Um I've been I've been making my apartment a little nicer. <laughs> thinking more about fashion, you know, but mostly it, it's just such a joy to watch them 
improve people's lives. And there are so many, there's so many, so many inspirational things that that go on throughout the show. And there, it's yeah, it's about improving your life, but it's also about accepting who you are mm. now. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the whole. I loved it all. Oh, that's fantastic. Good job. <laughs> Crap, I may have to put that on my watch list now. <laughs> my watch list is long enough as it is. <laughs> <laughs> what what has been what is there anything you've been um binge watching? Um, not binge watching, but uh um a show that I've been, I, I kind of got into fairly recently is the The Enforcer on CBS. It uh, it's um, it stars uh, Queen Latifah as the um as the uh, as the main role, and she basically with her team um goes like kind of skirts the law to. Uh, help people uh clear their name for uh, like for uh, if they've been uh shown to be innocent of crimes that they were uh accused of committing things like that and actually pretty pretty interesting show that does sound interesting and queen latifah in the, in the lead I, that that sounds very interesting I'm sorry, it's not the enforcer, it's the equalizer. <laughs> equalizer. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. It kind of does. <laughs> uh, so I saw an episode of it uh just this past week and I I'm I'm definitely into it. So um I'm going to see if I can remember to watch more of it cuz it's a great show. And we have to wrap things up here. We got okay. Less than a minute to go. Yep, got 50 seconds. So, Calvin, thank you very much. My pleasure as always. This was fun. Yep, good times, good times as always. Yep, good music, some good talks, some good laughs. And we will be back uh, next week with Richard Pryor Jr. and possibly Lucas might be with us as well. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be fun. That's something definitely to look forward to. We thank all of you for listening, for tuning in, uh, and we'll be back next week. I like to say, show yourself some love. Show some love to those around you. It is so important, and you know it is. Absolutely. So, folks, you have a good week and a good evening, and thank you again. Good night.